Hi guys, we wanted to take a moment to let you know that IntroVet's podcast has got merchandise. Woohoo! We are so excited about this. Mm-hmm. We've got four shirts to choose from, a logo shirt, some great catchphrase shirts, and also by popular demand, the Feline Chili Pepper Rating System artwork by Stacy Scrimpture. We've got that on a shirt. We've also got the Chili Pepper artwork and posters and stickers, and we're really excited about it. To order the merchandise, go to our website. It's introvets.com. Click on the merchandise link at the top of the page. And we've partnered with Carrie at Comice Omai oh to be able to offer this. Deadline to order is June 16th. So don't forget. I'm Lauren, and I'm a veterinarian. I'm JJ, and I'm a veterinary technician. And you're listening to Introvets, a veterinary podcast by introverts with high-functioning anxiety. Welcome, everybody, to Introvets Podcast. What up? Today, we have another clinical updates episode for you. Ooh, I bet you're excited. <laughs> yes, I'm always excited about that. Okay, so the first thing that I want to talk about has to do with the episode that aired last week. It was an episode about hemangiosarcoma in a dog patient, and we referenced the two-thirds rule in veterinary oncology during that episode. Uh, but we didn't really define it. So I wanted to go back and spend a couple of minutes today defining that on the podcast. In veterinary oncology, splenic masses go by the two-thirds rule. So about two-thirds of all splenic tumors are malignant. Mm-hmm. And of those two-thirds that are malignant, two-thirds of those will be hemangiosarcoma. So if you've got a splenic tumor, two-thirds of the time it's neoplastic or cancerous, and two-thirds of those are hemangiosarcoma. Hemangiosarcoma is a bitch. It is. It's just uncool. Mm -hmm. Completely. So that's what, when we referenced briefly the two-thirds rule, that's what we're talking about. So there is an actual study that I also want to talk about, too. Now, this has to do with dogs who present with hemoabdomen like the dog in our case from last week. Just a reminder, hemoabdomen means blood in the abdomen. Mm -hmm. So dogs that present with neoplastic, so cancerous, non-traumatic, no trauma has occurred, hemoabdomen, blood in the abdomen, 88% of those had splenic hemangiosarcoma based on one study. I think uh, I mentioned this last time too, but After really thinking about, over the course of my career, all of the cases that I've seen of hemoabdomen, two that I know of were non-cancerous splenic masses. Everybody else had neoplasia, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I had a friend ask me the other day, just in my experience, if they thought that I saw more dogs that had lymphoma or hemangiosarcoma, and I'm like, I feel like hemangiosarcoma has really? the edge. Oh, I think lymphoma. Do you? Oh, yeah. Know. Maybe it's just, I just feel like mm, overall, I don't know if it's because I'm just thinking of maybe just dogs. But I'm thinking of just dogs. It might just depend on the section of the population of animals that you're seeing. True. Hemangiosarcoma, you know, when they are acutely bleeding, they've collapsed. It's like an urgent rush you into the hospital thing. Maybe it's just has more of an impression on me. Maybe. Uh, whereas I I have diagnosed the most 
multicentric lymphoma in dogs on annual exam. Mm. Like filling those lymph nodes. Just literally in for shots, no other problems reported kind of a thing. And then I'm like, all your dog's lymph nodes are big. We are not giving vaccinations today. We need mm-hmm. to do this needle aspirate. Yep. That is, in my experience, been the most common way for me to find it. Mm-hmm. Everybody feel up on your dog. That's right. Feel them all the time because that it's amazing how fast that can. Mm-hmm. And if the lymph nodes are already enlarged, it's already progressing. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's yeah. just one of those things. Very common. Mm-hmm. Very, very common. And that's why you Sadly. always do a full physical exam, too. Yes, please. Yeah. I've had owners try to argue with me before and then been like, well, I'm glad we did the full physical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll Aren't you, too? <laughs> we found a really bad problem. Yep, because if you didn't, guess who would be coming after you? That's right. That's all I got on the <laughs> hemangiosarcoma update. JJ, uh, now you found an article that you wanted us to talk about, right? I found a couple, actually. Okay. We're going to play the... What do you think about this game? See what some opinions are. So I saw this sad news article actually yesterday or maybe Saturday night. I don't remember which one for sure. It is the Mm. very end of May right now in real life. It is very tail end of May. So there was a a lady from Missouri. She was in Florida visiting. Um, She had four dogs with her. Yeah. She left them in a running car with the air conditioner on and went and had lunch Uh with her boyfriend. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to make a noise. Go ahead. <laughs> I was like, oh, did I Conti- say something I should Continue with the story. Okay. Yeah. She had, had mentioned that she does this all the time where she's from in Missouri. Anywho, she did go out and check on them once while she was having lunch and they were fine. She went back. An hour later, she came out. So our four dogs were unfortunately deceased. She was arrested on four counts of animal cruelty and had a bond of 10 grand. The controversy kind of seemed to be, you know, she was obviously remorseful. She obviously wasn't trying to be neglectful. One could argue you should never leave a dog in a car, regardless if the air conditioner's on or not. That's, I'm sure that's a lesson that she's learned. It may be a lesson that other people need to learn because obviously shit can happen. I guess the, the controversy kind of was, should she have gotten such a strict punishment for that? I can see arguments either way but i'm also kind of like that's four dogs and and the other thing that bothered me is that two of the dogs were 12 week old puppies and the thought was that one of the dogs turned the air conditioning off somehow now like she had punched it with its foot or something be, yeah okay you know police officers and stuff that arrived there was proof that the car had been running at some point there was obviously like liquid underneath it or you know the compressor had been going there was two 12 week old puppies a four-year-old the two 12 week old puppies were doodles a four-year-old doodle, and a two-year-old boxer, which if they're not contained, I mean, lucky the window getting rolled down and they didn't drive away or something because that's a lot of energy in one vehicle. Um, which, were these felonies or misdemeanor animal cruelty charges? I'm not 100% sure on okay. that, but Let, I mean, she's in jail. Yeah, let's pause for one second and look at look that. It up. I bet if she's in jail, there's felony charges. Mm-hmm. How I feel about it might hinge on how they charged her, to be mm-hmm. honest. So she was charged with uh, four felony counts of animal cruelty with a 10 grand bail. And does it say anything about, like, what how that's going to be charged out if she's found guilty? Like the time she might serve and that sort of thing? 
when I looked up what the penalty for animal cruelty was in Florida, looks like they could get up to a year in jail, maximum fine of $5,000. Um, it could go up to five years at a maximum of 10000 if there's the aggravating factors, but I don't think that they would do that with her. Yeah, and I don't know how that works if she's got four counts of animal yeah. cruelty. Does that mean... She gets four, four years, t- four times mm-hmm. the years in money. I, I don't it know. Probably depends on what's the we outcome would need of the to trial. ask a lawyer about that. Yeah. But okay, so you're asking like, what do I think about the harshness of that sentence? Or do you think it's harsh? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about it, and I feel a little bit conflicted, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, so first of all, I'm going to say you said she was from Missouri. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I have not ever been to Missouri, but my experience of other states that are not in the Southeast is that they do not experience the level of heat that the Southeast experiences, particularly Florida. Yes, Um, they are a level 10 swamp ass. Exactly. And it's just different. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just different. 70 degrees there is completely different than 70 degrees here. 100 degrees there, completely different than 100 degrees here. And so I truly think that she probably thought this is going to be fine. I do it all the time in Missouri, not realizing Florida is not the same (laughs) as Missouri. No. So that's one thing is that, you know, did she have some sort of malicious intent? I mean, I don't think we can say for sure, but I doubt it. Right? Yeah, I, it doesn't sound it. like it. So do I think she should be charged the same as someone who does something malicious to a, a pet on purpose? And I don't want to even speculate about what that might be, but I've seen some terrible stuff in my work on animal cruelty cases when I was in shelter medicine. So mm-hmm. some of the things that I saw working in that environment, absolutely deserved way more jail time than what you even mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this was probably an accident. So then I think you get into questions about how harshly should accidents be punished? And if you don't punish them somehow, do you leave room for people to just say it was an accident and that exactly. sort of thing? It's just, it's, that's so beyond... It's just a philosophical question, so I don't think we're going to have, like, a one answer. Mm -hmm. I feel sorry for that girl, probably, for sure, but I feel worse for the dogs. Mm -hmm. And I feel irritated because at this point, like, there is no reason to leave any living thing at all for any fucking reason inside of a car at all. Like, just don't do it. I'm not mad at her. I don't want her to suffer or anything like that. But I am just like, man, what the fuck? Like, Mm -hmm. come on. You knew she knew that it wasn't a great idea because she felt the need to go check on them. Mm -hmm. So, like, then just don't do it. Like, just don't do it. Yeah. I can think of so many ways that you could not do it. You could get a to-go order. You could go through a drive-thru. You could take the dogs back to your hotel or wherever you're staying. Or just, I don't know, keep driving to Missouri and eat when you get there. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things. Yeah. There's so many other choices than leaving the dogs in the car. That's where I get frustrated. Yeah. And to, like, I've seen a lot of pictures on social media where people put up a sign like, my dog's fine. He's listening to classical music and the air conditioning's on. And I'm like, air conditionings fail. 
Yeah, you know Especially. when I'm breaking your window. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to break your window so fast, so it, just don't even know, do it. Depending on the age of the car. I mean, I think most of the new, this is kind of more of like a car that may be beyond 15 years old, but I can remember getting lectured by my dad, do not sit in the idle with the air conditioner on. It'll make your car run hot. Mm-hmm. So if she had an older car, it's possible that could contribute. Sure. Um, I mean, my car, my car, now my car is an old car, but like if I sit, if I just put my car in park and just sat there with the air conditioner on, even today, it is not that hot outside today. It's in the low 80s right now. Within about 20 minutes, my car will just blow hot air directly mm-hmm. on me. Now, is my car broken? I don't know, probably. I don't know anything about cars, but does it do it? Yeah. Have I had that experience with like every other car I've owned? Yes. When mm-hmm. you get going again, then the air cycles yep. back on. But like, yes, I've just had it happen so many times like that. I this time of year won't sit in my car with it idling to eat lunch or something because it's so hot. Like, why would I subject a dog to that? Mm-hmm. I know. I feel bad whenever, like, if the car's been sitting out somewhere and it's hot in the car, and then I'm getting in the car, I have the dog with me, and they're usually way in the back. I'm like, whatever, if it's on in Ben's car, it has the rear air conditioning thing, I'm like, put it on 60 and pump that thing on high, because I want them to have air circulating back there. Because even if you're rolling around, I mean, the majority of the cooler air is in the front of the car, mm-hmm. and I look back there, like, <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, get some phantom something. Because I don't, I mean, it, I've had a dog have a heat stroke on me twice. Yeah. And I don't, it's, it's a scary experience. And uh, um, there can be some lasting damages and you feel tremendously guilty. Yeah, you do. I mean, I, I've definitely had clients even refuse to acknowledge that it could possibly be heat stroke in their pet. Mm-hmm. Because if they admit that that's what it truly is going on, they have to face the fact that they caused i mean they they caused it in Mm -hmm. a lot of cases by locking them in a hot garage by put them in in a car or by exercising them inappropriately on a really hot day Mm -hmm. uh do i think that that this is quote too harsh i mean i don't know a year in i don't do i think she should serve jail time for that that to me is a tough one I, i to me it would have to I would have to have some evidence that it was a purposeful, malicious thing to me. Yeah. Jail time is such a big deal. Do I think she should be fine? Yeah, I do. I mean, for sure. I do. Because uh, if we don't impose some type of penalty, then I feel like there's like knowing that it's a problem for most people will prevent them from doing it. Then there's a subset of people who are like, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I've never had a problem, so I'm going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess I think maybe the publicity around this case and imposing a fine and things like that might create an example that mm-hmm. prevents other people from doing it. I know that's kind of like an old school take on it. I Like, I don't know how effective that is truly, but that's like my yeah. biased opinion about it is like if you don't impose some sort of penalty, then people are just going to keep doing it yeah and i don't think it would be terrible too if she did some sort of community service maybe within the animal world maybe she might get an education yeah 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 i really though i mean i bet i read the article that you're talking about um a couple of days ago i think in 
I, my immediate thought was like, just stop leaving things in cars, man. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, come on. It's in this situation. It wasn't that she was driving her dogs to daycare and forgot they were in there. This was a purposeful decision to leave the pets in the car being like, I do it all the time. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I would hope people listening to this recognize, and we're probably preaching to the choir here, being a yeah a podcast for veterinary employees and stuff, but like it super can happen. Mm-hmm. So I know if you wouldn't leave your fudge round in the car, don't leave your car, dog in the car. That's a great litmus test, JJ. <laughs> that's a great litmus test. If you wouldn't leave your stethoscope in the car, mm-hmm. right? Because that tube will get cracked. Like, no, you don't need to be leaving a pet in there. Yep. Or your what? Your um, cell phone. Cell phone. Cell phone's a great one. Your M&M's. I'm like <laughs> sitting here thinking cell phones, desktop, you're coming with that. And I'm like, my fat ass is over here. Fudge round. <laughs> I think fudge round is a good analogy. I think don't don't good. let little Debbie die. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I anytime I hear about any type of being trapped in a car and overheating, whether it's a baby, I mean, just like, God, what a tragedy, mm-hmm. you know, and. And then, you know, dogs and I, knock on wood, I haven't heard much of this happening to cats. But I think it's like most people don't casually take their cat out for a day on the town and then be like, I want to get lunch. Let me put my cat in the car. That's why I think it happens mostly in dogs. Mm -hmm. But like people are starting to walk their cats and stuff. So this might happen. But like, yeah, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Stop. And maybe educational campaigns. Clinics mm-hmm. could launch um, something like that. I think it will reach a subset of the population. There's a subset of the population that can listen to cautions about things and take them seriously. And it would help th- those animals of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people, it seems like, who are completely resistant to any sort of education and that purposely do the thing that you're saying not to do for some reason. Mm-hmm. Probably nothing will reach those people except fines and jail times. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And even then, <laughs> I don't know. Will they knows? really? Will they really learn? But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. And yeah, I, when I first read the, you know, what she was facing, I was like, that kind of seems like a lot. But also, four dogs died. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, one is too many, but. And, and that's made not a dumb choice. I mean, I hate, I, mm-hmm. but look, that's a dumb choice no matter what way you look at it. Dumb. Yeah. It's either dumb or malicious. Yeah. So I'm being generous by saying it's dumb. Yeah. I I mean, based on what a lot of articles said about how, you know, her reaction, because she's the one that found them, you know, she started screaming, more people came over. They even tried to do like some resuscitation and that sort of thing, but it was way too late. And the fact that she was pretty hysterical and, was saying how she doesn't deserve to own dogs ever again. And oh, I, f- I feel pretty strongly that it was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and God, hopefully it's an accident. Um, yeah. But it's just that's such a tough thing. Yeah. That's one of those philosophical existential uh, questions that go back into the annals of time, JJ. How, mm-hmm. how much should you punish people for a mistake? Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's so tough. Yeah, it's and I mean, way. really, is in some cases, there's no amount of punishment you could do that could be worse than what you punish yourself with. That's true. Oh, that's true. Hmm. Ugh. 
Well, y'all, it's, uh, it's that time of year. Do not leave your animals in the car. Actually, don't leave your damn animals in the car any time of year. Just don't mm. do it. Just don't do it. No. Leave them at home or go someplace they can come in. The, mm-hmm. Those are the options. Or go through the drive-thru. Get them a pup cup. Okay. <laughs> then go home. Unless they have dietary issues. Then Easy. <laughs> please, you might get hosed in the car. <laughs> So the article I got my information from was written by Landon Mion. Mion. One of those, maybe. The pronunciation is unclear. Correct. Okay. M-I-O-N. M-I-O-N. Okay. Um, from uh, Fox News. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about is an article that just came out this week in the Inquirer. Now, this is not like the tabloid the Inquirer. This is a, like, official newspaper um hang on one second is the inquirer still even out there you're talking about the tabloid yeah i don't know but when i saw this i was like now wait a minute (laughs) say what now um sorry so this article is from the philadelphia inquirer which is different from the national inquirer which is the tabloid (laughs) like at the supermarket alien stole my baby or whatever it's not that inquirer it's it's a different one. It's a reputable one. <laughs> and I got a lot of my information uh, from a specific article by Sarah Gantz. This article talks about a case of rabies in a dog that was imported from another country to Pennsylvania. And this happened in 2021. The CDC published in their Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report about this case. So we'll post a link to that as well in the article so that anyone listening to this can find those sources pretty easily. So this dog was one of 34 rescue animals that were uh, transported to the United States from overseas. This group entered the country through the Chicago O'Hare International Airport in 2021. (laughs) Now, all of these animals had vaccination records, and they were cleared by inspectors at the airport as appearing healthy. But shortly afterward, a five-month-old, 19-pound mixed-breed dog started showing rabies-like symptoms after it had already entered an adoptive home in Pennsylvania. Yeah, the symptoms were excessive salivation, agitation, and the snapping at the air, which is like a classic sign of rabies when they're biting the air at things that that aren't there. So they took this dog to a veterinarian, thank goodness. And at the veterinary office, the dog experienced seizure-like symptoms, then went into cardiac arrest. And then ultimately, the dog was humanely euthanized. And here is the part that I'm super impressed with. They followed up and got a necropsy on the dog. Because I just think, like, look, (laughs) to me, there is a high chance that that dog could have never even been necropsied. Mm -hmm. Like, high chance. So it always crosses my mind anytime we have, like, a really sick neurologic animal all of a sudden that then either dies at home or you euthanize it and stuff. And, like, how how easy it is for it to slip through the cracks and not be tested, right? Mm-hmm. And the fights that I've had with owners about stuff like this, like, we have to test it and they don't want to do it and stuff. And then, you know, you're going to get the, you know, the health department involved. Long story short, it would be super easy 
to be like, we don't know what's wrong with it. It's a young dog, maybe something congenital, and then we're just going to euthanize it and not test it. But luckily they did. And hopefully mm-hmm. the owner was like, you know, this dog came from overseas. Like, hopefully they had that. They shared that information. History, right? Yeah, it's amazing what people don't think is relevant. Correct. Correct. That highly relevant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Highly relevant. So the Pennsylvania Department of Health tested the animal and confirmed that it had dog-maintained rabies virus variant, also called DMRVV. This strain of rabies was eradicated in the United States since 2007. Mm. When they tested the dog, they found that the dog had not been sufficiently vaccinated against rabies. Hmm. Okay. So now... The CDC started contact tracing, something that we, I feel like the general population was never familiar with until COVID, but now Mm -hmm. most people know what that is, and found that 15 people, including people that work at the airport, people in the dog's household, some pet store workers, and some veterinary staff members, so 15 people in total, had had exposure and that needed to have uh, post-exposure treatment. Mm. So meanwhile, the researchers tracked down all other animals in that shipment. So 33 other animals, uh, so 32 dogs and one cat, they had been sent to multiple states. Okay, California, Florida, Illinois, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, and Washington. Okay. Wow. And then the CDC worked with health departments in those states to test all of the animals for rabies antibodies. Remember, There is not an anti-mortem definitive test for rabies, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just draw some blood and be like, rabies test is negative. You can test them for antibodies to rabies, and you can put them in quarantine and fucking watch them and see what they do. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So all of the animals received rabies vaccine boosters and, like, were monitored and stuff. So eight of those 33 other animals were either completely unvaccinated or insufficiently vaccinated, and they were quarantined for like six months, okay? The remaining 25 with normal test results were quarantined at home for 45 days because all of them had been exposed to that dog with rabies. So all 33 of the other pets have since been released from quarantine, okay? None none of the other ones developed issues, okay? All eight of those other animals that had not met vaccination requirements came from a single rescue group. Mm, Somebody's fired. And were vaccinated from a single clinic there. And when they went back and investigated, they found one particular veterinary intern who was new had been put in charge of giving rabies vaccinations to these animals What did they do? Give it by mouth? No, that was a good thought. Um, It looks like they were injecting it, but they were not getting the full volume. So in drawing up the rabies vaccination, they weren't fully removing all of the, you know, like you're supposed to pull it up and it comes out to one milliliter. And so they weren't making sure that they had the proper amount. So when they inspected this particular intern's workstation, they found that a high number of the rabies vaccination vials had a large amount of residual volume. So there was a lot of liquid still left in these vials. 
uh, used vials still had between 25 and 33% of the vaccination still in them. These dogs were not getting a full dose of vaccine, so they weren't mounting an appropriate immune response. So Unacceptable. Uh, this, this whole drama resulted from under-vaccination of animals. In July of 2021, so almost a year ago, the CDC temporarily suspended dog importations from countries with a high risk of DMRVV. The CDC warns that they have seen a substantial increase in attempts to import dogs to the U.S. who have fraudulent or incomplete rabies vaccine certificates. And this suspension on importations is still in place currently mm -hmm. um, as of the writing of this article, uh, which was May 19th of 2022. Not cool, man. So, yikes. Mm -hmm. Triple yikes. Mm -hmm. So I have so many thoughts about this, okay? <laughs> I have so many thoughts about this. The first is that that highlights the importance of people not giving vaccinations unless they're properly trained to do so. Second, I know of people who purposefully pull up less than the correct amount of a vaccine for smaller dogs. Yep. And that is not scientifically sound. That does not make sense. <laughs> uh, Alice Wolf died earlier this year. We haven't talked about that on the podcast, but you know she she was famous veterinary internist and, and immunologist, and you know she had a whole dissertation. <laughs> you know she could just tell you her whole thing about this is why a nine pound Chihuahua and a hundred and fifty pound Great Dane get the same dose of vaccine. It's not a weight dependent thing. It's because the immune system works somewhat dose dependent she could like tell you all this and i really wish that because i always wanted to have her on the podcast and um she uh, the last time i talked to her via email had been like yes but it can't be for a year because of this other stuff i've got going on and then and she just died she just mm. died just suddenly uh and so i was really devastated that we yeah. never could have her on um but i wish she were here to say mm. like this is why you can't <laughs> you know you can't cut corners with vaccination and you can't no. give a microdose. So anyway, so if you're listening to this out there and there's someone that you know of in your practice or someplace who is not giving the full manufacturer recommended labeled dose of a rabies vaccination. That's there for a reason. You need to give them this information. Mm -hmm. This shit is why this is so important to have these regulations right here. Mm -hmm. Because like, uh, you know, one dog had rabies and died, but we're talking about 15 people that came real close to developing a fucking untreatable, almost universally deadly virus. You know, we, we talked in our rabies episode before about the handful of people in the history of the known universe that have survived rabies, but it was massively expensive. I mean, just, you know, like, and this is avoidable. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's avoidable. Yeah. So anyway, to me, this falls into the category of just don't fucking do it. Just like mm -hmm. leaving animals in the car. Yep. Just don't fucking give less than the label amount of a vaccine, especially rabies. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, you what? don't know better than the people that put those labels on that vaccine. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. Don't mess with rabies. Mm -mm. It is uncool and like fucking real scary yeah 
So we had one other report, but it's going to be a long one. So we're going to need to save it for the next uh, snack episode, I think. Mm-hmm. We have a few minutes left, though. So we haven't done like a favorite thing or a life update or anything like that recently. So, JJ, how have things been going for you? Hmm. Well, let me tell you. My uh, puppy, Fizz Gig, uh, has been doing puppy class mm-hmm. and has been doing pretty well. I mean, he, he knew how to do most of the stuff before he started, but, oh, you know, he, he fine-tuned his skills. Okay. You know, his leash-walking skills are not great, but leash walking, yeah. they're adequate. But he can sit down, he can spin, he can speak, he can shake, he can boop his nose on your finger. He can do weight when you're going through the doors. Oh, and fancy. when he's home, he does these things beautifully. He can do the puppy push-ups where you do sit down, sit down, sit down. Mm-hmm. He gets mad if you make him do more than three in a row, though. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well. give me my damn cookie, bitch. But um, otherwise, you know, he's doing doing really well. So he's set to test out and graduate tomorrow. Okay. Here's where the apprehension comes in. The last class that we had, he decided that he was going to do nothing. He refused to walk on a leash. He just Mm -hmm. pancaked out in the the training yard. Yeah. Wouldn't walk. I had to pick him up and carry him inside. And we got inside and he did a couple of like sits and downs. But when we were practicing the sit and down stays, mm -mm, he like if he was in down, he would stand up. If he was in a sit, he would lay down. Refused to down, uh, not even for, I had peanut butter on a pretzel stick, and he was like, fuck you and your peanut butter, I'm not doing it. Was he just throwing a fit, you think? Like, uh, he was just throwing a hissy fit? I mean, all the dogs were having a bit of an off day, but it was really hot outside, and I think he, you know, everybody didn't want to really want to walk. But we got inside, you know, everybody else was, you know, he could sit and down when everybody else couldn't. And now all the other dogs in the room are, like, doing beautifully. And he's like, nope, not going to do it. <sighs> so. So that was last week. Uh, uh, two weeks ago. Two yeah. weeks ago. But that was his last class. Yes. So now he has a test coming up. Tomorrow. Okay. So, yeah. I'm going to take some high-value treats. And okay. I'm going to make him skip lunch. <laughs> yes. Your favorite thing. <laughs> slowly starving your dog so he passes his test. Well, we're phasing lunch out anyway because he's old enough. But, yeah, I figured it would give me a slight little edge. Maybe can appeal to the My beast would never harm me. (laughs) If if you care, cross your fingers. Okay. So JJ's favorite thing is thinking about all of the people (laughs) that are thinking about our puppy. Well, it's more of like I'm proud that he can, he's, you know, he can do the things he can do. Yeah. I'm thinking about maybe getting some trick dog certifications. He's going to have to learn some more things, but mm-hmm. I think he can do it. And it's good bonding. He absolutely can do it. It's just that stubborn streak in him. If he doesn't do it, he fails and we'll just try harder. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's trying to throw the competition so that he, so that he, <laughs> like, maybe he's trying to be the ringer. Like, he's like, I am going to do really bad on this. Psych! <laughs> Psych, I am actually super good. He's hustling. That's right. (laughs) What he's trying to do is to knock the odds ratio for the betting. Yeah. I mean, he's he's trying to shave points, JJ. I already feel bad enough because I 
didn't have any type of treat. And I brought peanut butter. And we were working like the week before. All the other dogs were like, peanut butter? And didn't listen to anything the owners were saying. They were all trying to come visit me with the peanut butter. So and I'm you like, sabotage all of the other sabotage the class. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And they were like, they just want JJ's peanut butter. I'm like, oh my god. I did not know that this like dog training group was such a soap opera. Oh my goodness. And there's only like four people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I feel like he will be fine. Before I leave your house today, I will do his commands. <laughs> and then if he doesn't do them, <laughs> give him a stank eye. <laughs> I will be like, what the heck? <sighs> Oh, so yeah, that's that's my thing. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that I don't know, JJ. Does that count as a favorite? I know thing? that's, that's why it was a little. Stressful. It's well, everything. Why don't is we just call it a life thing? It's yeah. just a life thing. I mean, the, the good thing is that I mean, I know he can do it. I sure. know he can. Yes, it's just will he? The curse of the tiny dog. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, and so I have a favorite thing. It's just a really quick one. A TikTok recommendation. The user is. Shelby Sherritt, I think that I'm saying that last name right. It's Shelby, like S-H-E-L-B-Y, Sherritt, S-H-E-R-R-I-T-T. And she makes pottery. Mm -hmm. And she has this series where she goes through and makes these pottery molds that she bought on, I don't know what Gumtree is, but she always says, I bought them on Gumtree. Mm -hmm. She apparently bought this huge lot of molds that no one knew what they were. They're like labeled with numbers, but there's no corresponding list. So every time she makes one, she pours it up and everything like that. You don't know what it's going to be, and neither does she. Ooh, a mystery. It's a mystery. So it's called the mystery molds. And she's like, this is number one of the (laughs) mystery molds. Or Now I think she's on like number... You know, 50, I mean, who knows? She's on a pretty high number now. Mm -hmm. And so she will pour up the mold, let it set, open it, and then you can tell then what it is. And some of them have multiple parts that then she has to put them together. And then she paints them and glazes them and puts them in the kiln. And then you get to see them come out. And this is not one of those irritating situations where they're like, I did this. Wait for the results in part two. Like, sure, any of that bullshit. It's not a multiple parter. It's like. A single one-minute video takes you from the mystery all the way through to the finished product, which I appreciate, Mm -hmm. and I just love it so much. So uh, I had not made that TikTok recommendation before, but I really, really like (laughs) watching those videos. Like, Mm -hmm. it's up there with the library one that I told you about that does the Mm one-star book reviews (laughs) as far as, like, my level of happiness sometimes. (laughs) If I'm feeling frustrated, I literally just will pull them up and watch the videos over and over because I don't remember what mold number 27 was. So I just mm-hmm. watch the video again to be like, oh, it was the weird cow thing. <laughs> um, she, you know, it's all little like folk artsy, you know, things. Mm-hmm. There's a very like 1970s and 80s vibe, in my opinion, to a lot of these mystery molds. You can tell like our, that's like around the era when they were made or mm-hmm. else someone who made them just had that aesthetic. But I really like it because it reminds me of like my childhood and going to craft fairs and different things like that. And so anyway, I could not recommend that account highly enough. It's mm-hmm. very much non-stressful content, 
that is fulfilling and she doesn't do any stupid bullshit to get more views. <laughs> she literally is just, here is a thing that I made. And I'm like, great. I like the thing that you made. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So if you have stories, questions, cases, or anything else you'd like to talk to us about, please send it to introvetspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram or at introvets. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help. Show does. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.